Welcome to Rest and Awaken Podcast. Only able to access those things because she has money. Yeah. Accessibility therapy just makes me absolutely, the whole system makes me absolutely insane. Um, Join us with Dr. Colleen and Dr. Natalie. You were thinking about something I had written in a newsletter? Yes. Let's put more energy or thought into, are we creating anti-racist outcomes? Get ready for thought-provoking conversations about real-life experiences that will empower you to explore different perspectives and live life to the fullest, right here on Rest and Awaken Podcast. Hello. Hello. Welcome to 2024. Hey, I'm ready for it, I think, (laughs) by and large. (laughs) You had me convinced until until the end. (laughs) I was like, oh, I think that's a bit of masking happening. (laughs) Am I ready for it? How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm coming off of a, hmm. like a night, like it's MLK weekend or it's the end of MLK weekend. And so I've been reflecting a lot about resistance and like, where am I, where am I at? And I went to the March on Washington over the weekend uh, as part of my birthday weekend. And it was like a day of joy and resistance and like comedy show, but also being with hundreds of thousands of people who came um, in solidarity. And I just I just think about how the media portrays things as violent and mean and us versus them. And this thing felt sacred, spiritual, um, like being led by um, Palestinians and Muslims and there was no, um, it was about their liberation. Mm-hmm. It was about care for their community, care for the world, care for Yemen. Like it was care, it was like, care, it was nothing um, about wishing ill on anyone else, but just wanting freedom and wanting self-determination. And um, and it was beautiful to be amongst that, to be part of something bigger and to even have a little bit of, hope or connection to something and so yeah I'm on the liberation train right now yeah that's the word I'm using liberation I love it um and it sounds like obviously we we talked um prior so between that and what you're saying now it just sounds like it was an experience so rooted in love yeah yeah I felt so much love so so much love um and I think sometimes I feel like I like being in person with other people reminds you we're all interconnected. Like Mm -hmm. all of us are interconnected and it's really about all of us getting free. And if anybody is saying it's not about all of us getting free, then they have a different agenda. But like the people I hang out with, they want everybody to be free. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no need for oppression. Like we might have different paths to get to that freedom, but you know, I guess I appreciate, I mean, I haven't, checked into news to see if it was even how much of it was really talked about but I think it was like speaking truth about the pain um and the violence and that we wanted to stop totally it's gotta be a better way oh uh, and I I love because what I just kind of took away from what you said is this idea that community or connection is is part of what generates hope mm-hmm. um and and individual agency, right? Um, you know, for our listeners, Natalie and I were just talking and I was saying that I'm feeling 
I'm struggling with the the hope piece a little bit. But I mean, to your point, I think I've been feeling like I need community so much um, with other people who share my values. And and I think that's why I'm I'm feeling that need so much because of that connection between community and hope mm-hmm. and solidarity and love. And yeah, um, it just makes the work joyful then instead of something that's like required of us or, you know, about division. And I love that. I love that you got to have that experience on your birthday weekend, no less. Yeah, absolutely. And this idea of, like, I've been thinking a lot about how do I embody resistance? Like, what are all the little ways um, from like an email signature to a newsletter to the podcast, uh, just disrupting the status quo and you and I have talked about this a lot about all the different ways we can resist um, the the mainstream um, powers that be that want us to not be awake that want us not to rest that want us not to be liberated because right. it doesn't benefit the existing systems that can be oppressive to a good part of the good portion of the population for sure yeah no I'm I'm with you and thinking about thinking about slightly different things, but I've been trying to think about, again, how do I build it in so that it becomes more of a, a way of life as opposed to a transactional checklist of, you know, because that checklists fall by the wayside, right? The minute you have a personal crisis, you get overwhelmed with the other checklists in your life. Checklists can go away, but how do I really like build it in in every little facet and area of my life. And I've been looking for something that's really in my control because that's, I've been struggling with how many things feel outside of my control and like, what's my real impact? Um, But I've been learning, I've always been fascinated um, by food um, in terms of the systems that dictate how it works as well as, you know, food as medicine in more of a, a naturalistic, holistic way to live. Um, and so I've just been learning about America's industrial food complex. Uh, and I'm feeling, and that's where I'm feeling excited about is moving toward, my, moving my family toward being really intentional about what we put in our mouths, where we get it from, getting curious about how it's being sourced. Um, Is it being ethically sourced? Is it sustainably sourced? Is it cruelty-free? Because I'm just, I'm jazzed about this one thing that I can really get control over and like uh, it just affects so many things um, in terms of, you know, the climate and environmental racism. and investing in in alternative systems because that's what I've realized I love doing so much that subverting like yes um how do we subvert the system and create something new or invest in something that already exists but is like doesn't get much airtime that's really exciting to me so that's where I've been I've just been doing a lot of learning about that recently and I'm, I'm very excited Oh, I'm so excited for you and your family. So tell me like, what would you like, what would be like two things that people could do like almost right away? 
So for, for my family, I started, cause I know that for me, I could easily go down a rabbit hole where this becomes like my hyper-focus and I do nothing else. And I go to make sweeping changes that we can't sustain. Right. Sure. I'm trying to do this in a slower, less urgent, yeah. more sustainable way. So I'm just like, what is one animal-based product that myself or my kids eat on a very, very regular basis. And that's cream cheese. They could have bagels every single day of their lives. Um, and so I just started to do some research about dairy for like vegan cream cheeses. Um, and, and not just like what tastes the best, but also like, how are they, what are they using? And is it sustainable? Is it ethically sourced? Um, what are the practices that feel important to know about here? And I'm just going to swap that one thing for now. And of course, there's like a few other things I'm making, but like, I think generally for me, it was important to just think about what's one thing that we can easily swap that would, that might make a big difference for us as individuals, but would, but would put us in place in our like our rightful place in line of like how do we start to change this um at a bigger in a bigger way on a bigger scale um I love yes yeah um already anticipating all the things that'll uh come up all the barriers and the challenges and whatever um but but yeah I'm really I think it includes like starting to, cause some of these products are not available like on Instacart or Target or Amazon, right? So it's gonna, sure. it's gonna force me to go to a local grocery store that I've never right. been to before. Yeah. Just locally owned. So uh, yeah, it seems like a small thing, but when I, but it, it's something. Like, it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think about, how hard it is to make those intentional. I think about like even like going to the local farmer's market and like okay. just like little things um, that can be hard. I'm thinking about, I was, um, my faith community had a guest speaker yesterday and um, it was someone um, from the local indigenous group. Uh, so Lenny Lenape over here in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. And the whole conversation was around land acknowledgements and like, you know, there are different conversations. Should you do it? Should you not do it? Like she was talking about, it should come from a place of love, whatever your land acknowledgement is. And to go further than that, right? Like I remember, like, um, what are you doing to be in right relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, when I hear like you talking about this, I think about like how indigenous practices are about, you know, we don't own the land, right? Mm -hmm. Like how to be in right relationship. And so thinking about related to food and animals and the planet and, and um, like, what are the daily actions we're doing that, that is contributing to sustainability and what is detracting from that? Right. And like, what will be available for our descendants if we don't make, you know, these little incremental changes? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's so, again, this, because this is like the way the systems are designed. I think it's so easy to just do what you always do and whether that be with the food you put in your mouth or other things. So to just pause and get really curious about something, that's an act of resistance in and of itself. Right. Um, yeah. 
And I, I just think it's so easy for us to get, for me, I'll say at least, that if it's like, if it's not big, if it's not this this really huge effort or an obvious effort or, you know, something where it feels like I'm, I, I'm going to do this and this, and then this thing is going to happen. Um, it almost feels like, well, is it worth it? And, and really trying to deconstruct this, that idea um, that it's almost some of the most power thing, powerful ways of disrupting or being resistant are invisible, are tiny, are the things that we do or don't do every single day, you know? Um, and it's, it's, that's, that's liberating. That's a fun mm-hmm. thought, you know? Yeah. 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 I can feel that heaviness in my body as we talk about resistance and liberation. And I think where I've been at in waves the last couple of months is uh, noticing that I'm more afraid not afraid like not afraid like something is immediately going to happen to me but like showing up as my authentic self in this like black fat queer body that is often trying to challenge the status quo feeling like it's scary right Mm -hmm. like to resist Mm -hmm. like when I hit send on a newsletter I like take a deep breath because it's like, it's like, how will it land in people's inboxes? How will they receive it? Who will they forward it to? Like all of these things where it used to bring me more joy. Mm. Now I feel more of the heaviness of like, this stuff is getting real, right? Mm. Like I'm pushing the edges of stuff. Like even just saying I went to the march, it feels like, should I even say that out loud? Um, because other people aren't hearing that it's about love, right. like right. humanity getting free uh, and breaking up with all of these systems that want us to like go back in time or something. And so, yeah, I can feel that heaviness of like, it's hard, like whatever we're talking about, whether it's like, I'm going to try to break up with Amazon or I'm going to try to like use like locally sourced things or I'm gonna like speak truth to power or I'm gonna risk losing my job or like whatever it might be it's like scary scary to resist like um even like if I think on a like even a different level like my um my son who's in in 10th grade uh his school was on a lockdown on Thursday for a couple of hours because there were kids with guns reportedly in the building and he's texting us um, from this lockdown. And um, and then the next, like the next day, he's like, do I need to go to school? Like, and I, and I said, I don't, I said, yes, I don't think it's going to get, I don't think it's going to be better if you don't go. Because like, the reality is, is like, you got to go back to school, right? Like, so I just think like sometimes just showing up for life it's scary right because you just don't know like who's gonna come in and like is it ever really safe and like how do you act as if it's safe enough to keep going well that's the million dollar question isn't it oh my god i i i recognize that i'm feeling so 
in what you just said, like, is he okay? Are you okay? Like, I can't imagine that moment as a mother. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, this is, um, like, it's so sad that it was other kids, like something gang related. So other kids coming in and, you know, the school doesn't tell us much, right? Because, you know, they send these communications out, like we had a lockdown and blah, blah, blah. And it's an active investigation. So we can't tell you that much more. And so, and I'm sure they don't want people to get too right. intense, but like the reality is, is like, you know, this, some of it is urban trauma. Some of it is, you know, my kids, my son, like, living with the reality reality that you know there are some kids who are involved in gangs and this is the life they've chosen this is the life that's been chosen for them this is this is how they think they get free or this is how they pump up their self-esteem or they survive or i don't know right and um you know it turned out on friday that it could have been an excused day but they didn't communicate that it could have been like, so it's kind of like, you know, they had counseling was available, but it's like, right. my son is like, what am I going to talk about? Like, um, so I think he watched like a Godfather movie in school. Like that's what he did. Cause like not, no real work happened. Right. Um, and he's like a movie buff. So tomorrow he'll, he'll go back to school you know, for real. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Wow. Well, I'm so sorry that you all went through that. Um, that is like a parent's worst nightmare, right? Yeah. But thinking about just this, the idea of fear, right? Like when you're trying to do something different, when you're resisting uh, the fear, I, I'm so grateful that, that you just said that you experience fear because I, I didn't even necessarily know that. Like we've talked about moments of fear, but I yeah. didn't I didn't know what kind of like an active part that was in your work. And I, I feel relieved hearing that. <laughs> um, yeah. I get scared all the time. And I see you and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily like assumed that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I just keep telling myself, feel the fear, do it anyway. Feel right. the fear, do it anyway. Cause it's like, if these are my small little things of resistance, ancestors and elders and other people out there in the front lines are doing things that are feel bigger. And if this is my little part, um, I guess it's like, I just keep trying to tell myself, like, it wouldn't be a revolution if everybody was doing it. It wouldn't be a revolution if I had all this ease, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm just trying to build my capacity to sit in the, in the backlash, to sit in the, uh, whatever is going to come next. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I think I feel more fear because a couple of months ago, somebody took something that I wrote and, uh, tried to get me to lose my job as a result of it. And so I think that fear is real right is that like not everybody is trying to get free right and um and if you live in certain bodies they particularly aren't rooting for you right. um and i feel like the heaviness of these other black women out there who are in the limelight either by death by suicide or by being um 
you know, strongly encouraged to resign from their leadership positions. And uh, I'm rooting for everyone. And uh, particularly black and brown and queer and neurodiverse and people who are differently abled. Like I'm rooting for everybody, particularly the most marginalized. And so like, if I just think about myself, I can go down a rabbit hole. But if I like expand to, I'm not the only one out there doing the resisting. And if more of us do the resisting, it makes those of us who come from marginalized identities less vulnerable. Right. Right. So I am I on the prize. Uh constantly I on the prize. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I just I I'm grateful for you kind of normalizing that that the work is not easy, that it's not risk-free, um, you know, um, that it's, that it's scary and there's, there's a lot to lose, you know, which is the point in many ways. Right. Um, um, and that just because that is the value and that is the point doesn't necessarily mean that your emotional life is like, let's go all the time, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially yeah. as someone who's like introverted and quiet and yeah. like, right, like fly under the radar, right? Like all of this stuff takes yeah. effort and energy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, oh, I just, I was thinking about something in terms of Martin Luther King Jr. Day and um, it's, it's gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I often think about like the, the quote that goes around about like, if you wonder what you would have done in these different time periods, just check out what you're doing now. And, uh, and you know, it's hard, it's hard to know, right? Like if I lived in the sixties, what would I have been doing? I don't know. Um, I guess it depends on which version of me yeah. was awake at that time, right? Like yeah. I'm doing stuff now I wouldn't have done 10 years ago. So, um, but this idea of being like, leaving the world better. That's mm -hmm. important to me. For sure. For sure. And I'm always thinking about how do I, cause I'm, I'm thinking about this stuff all the time, but I, I want to make sure that I'm bringing my like family, especially my kids mm -hmm. along for the ride. Um, yeah. And that, that is a, a constant struggle. I know yours are bigger. Um, and so that feels like a constant, a constant struggle because I want to, I want to honor their ages, um, and their their frequent overwhelm just because they're little and neurodiverse and have all these like sensory things and like whatever, and start to build that muscle right because like there's can't expect people to build it when I don't you know on their own whatever. Um, so I've just been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about that. And again, that, that balance between it doesn't have to be this big, I, I don't want to be the family that, and again, there's not judgment, just whatever. But I, for me, I don't want my family to be the family that like goes and like collects trash as a family on MLK day. And then like, we don't think about anything like we don't, you know, so it's like, again, how do I build it in? Not just for me, but for my family, like, and make it a way of living 
for my for my kids as well and something that we can do in a family that's sustainable um, and a way of being, not just this transactional thing that we do on certain days, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I'm, I'm glad for any contribution that people want to make, but just a bit more nuanced, you know? Um, yeah, I've been, so I've been sitting with, I've been sitting with that. Yeah, I definitely always have the thought that I'm not doing enough related to parenting. Always. And that I'm also really trying to parent from this abolitionist like mindset, which some days are harder than other days of turn in terms of not uh, like just being a guide, right? Like what am I exposing to them, them to? What am I talking about with them? Like I didn't have them come to the march. Um, and I think part of that is they're getting older. And part of that is like, we were doing other things in that trip too. Um, but yeah, it just feels like I, I like this idea of little incremental things versus these like one and done things. Um, and I feel like I'm modeling for them. Like, I hope that when they're adults and they're looking back at their mom, that they remember that she was, you know, quietly resisting all the time. Like, I hope that they will remember that um, and find their ways to resist. Right. The things that matter to them. You're so right. And that's a, that's a reminder. I should probably like put that like all post-it notes all over my house. Like, um, be it, you don't have to teach it. You can just be it. right? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and that maybe, and that maybe that's enough, right? And that if you're being it, and then talking about it too, like I'm, that's something that I've been focusing on in terms of collective liberation with my kids is like, if there's a decision that needs to be made, um, where it's appropriate for like Nick and I to make that decision, and as opposed to like have more of a family discussion. I'm going to at least talk to them about our decision-making process and the factors that went in. And like, we still are making the final call, but I can have that conversation with them. And like, and that those conversations can, can are again, part of like the little things that we're doing to just be it and model it. Um, yeah. That it doesn't always have to be so big and obvious. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I think that's a big shift in in my personal collective liberation journey is before it was like it was so it wasn't meant in a performative way but like it was performative right it was all about like the big thing and being loud on social media and now it's like it is slowly reversing that or finding the balance of the big and obvious and the the intangible or invisible, you know? Um, Yeah, it's a big shift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I'm feeling my way into it because I I think for me, my discernment is, am I I gonna choose to write less newsletters or whatever because it's not as nourishing for me or I don't like some of the backlash that comes from it or, or is that my way of, retreating to safety and comfort, right? Like that's what I'm trying to tease out. Like when entrepreneurial stuff connects with like anti-racism, like collective liberation stuff, when they intertwine, 
then it becomes like so messy. And I feel like I am doing my best work now that it is not my main job. Like that, that ability to be able to like soften and like the word I'm using this year downshift has allowed me to have freedom to now show up differently Yeah, because it's not attached to my finances as much. It's more about like, this is my love. Like this is what I, I'm loving liberation. There was this quote that I heard Rezma Menachem say in a conversation with Lamarad Owens. I think it was actually Lamarad Owens who said it to Rezma Menachem. Like, so two, two black um, people that I adore in terms of like the work that they put out in the world uh, and who are like really fighting for black liberation. They said like, um, if you don't understand that I'm trying to get free, you are going to completely misunderstand everything that I do. Right. And like, and I think like, for me, that's what I keep grounding myself in is like, I'm trying to get free. I'm trying to get my family free. I'm trying to get black people free. I'm trying to get everybody free. And if that's not where your mind is at, then you're going to misinterpret the things I do. You're going to call me dangerous, or you're going to say I'm uneducated or that I change my mind too much, or I'm impulsive or uh, there she goes again. Right. But it's like, it's all about freedom. It's all about liberation. And I love being liberated and I want everybody to like have that energy. Totally. Totally. Oh, I love that quote. I'm going to have to get those names um, from you and and look them up. I love that quote. And in, in that liberation, right. Is, is you also get to choose what gets your energy and what doesn't. Right. And again, moving out of that binary that we're always talking about, like, I'm sure there are certain situations or spaces or systems or relationships where say your own peace or retreating into safety is a valid choice sometimes or yeah, until, right yeah like absolutely. and that you're the only one that gets to decide that yeah. and that people can have like their opinions or whatever but it doesn't frankly matter right because you you are working to get yourself liberated. So yeah. only you know right. what Absolutely. that looks like. Yeah, there isn't one path, even though the world wants you to think that. That's and weird. I think like, that's what I love about like choice, right? Is like, so when I hear you about like looking at food and like more options to be sustainable, I think that's amazing. And I'm not ready to do that, right? <laughs> right, and, and it's like, And I can own that I'm not ready to do that. Not that there's any, like, I think it's like valid and it makes sense. And one day I hope to be ready to do that, like to put my energy there. And I think like what gets, gets me at times is that people poo poo, people trying to get free, people trying to be liberate, right? It's kind of like, if that's not your thing, okay, but we don't need to put it down. We don't need to get in the way. Why don't we cheer people along? I want you to keep telling me about it because then that's sprinkling things in right. that then like maybe one day I will be ready right. to like take a thing, like to take a path there. Right. Or even just play with something, right? Like I I love the, the anti-resolution of like intention setting or just dreaming, right? Like we can just play in things without having to like commit and make a goal and dirt, right. you know, right. uh, we just get to play 
and experiment and and change our minds. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like if the, if the world is a playground, then why don't we do more play? Totally. Um, yeah. So I I love all all of that. Just makes me feel like I have agency, right? And and it, it becomes easier to let go of people's perception of me or judgments of me or opinions of me, whatever, when when I can stay grounded in liberation, right? And and liberation means that I always have choice mm -hmm. about what my path looks like. Right. And and that's it. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. that that's that's the freedom, right? Is yeah, to know freedom. that there is a choice there. That's right. Um, and that's the only way to stay on, on a path of collective liberation, right? Because how can I possibly work toward other people's freedom if, if I don't feel free, if I'm feeling caged, because then I'm going to, that it's so much easier to be us versus them and like try to dictate and judge other people's paths. Like it's, we've, it's got to be both at the same time. Right. Um, otherwise it's not really liberation. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes me think about like, sometimes I think people don't really get what it means to like center particular people or particular causes. Does not mean that the others don't matter? Right. right? It's just like, I'm right. just centering it. Right. It's like, so like when I talk about black liberation, I'm not only talking about black people getting free. I'm just saying I'm centering black voices, black identities, black ways of being. And for me, that connects me to everybody's liberation, right? And so like, how do we begin like to be queer, like centering queer lives doesn't mean all the straight people like we're coming for you, right? Like, it's just like, it's just like a... Um, decentering whiteness doesn't mean like I have anything against white people, right? Like I want them to be liberated too. Cause if they feel liberated in a way that is expansive, then we all get free. That's right. Um, I, you know, right before I came on, I used this morning to kind of get anchored in 2024. And I was making like a little, I don't know, manifestation, vision board, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I was just, was it a physical board? It was on Google Slides. Oh, nice. Um, but I was like putting, layering in all these images and had to do a little, I'm not that tech savvy and was like, how do I make certain images bigger on top of them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's that's what, what you just- There must be a maybe. program out there for this, it seems like. <laughs> well, I'm learning. Um, but that's what I sometimes see things like, visually and when you were talking it's like everybody if we're talking about a google slide and collective liberation everybody's on the board yeah. every single human is on the board and then it's just like so what are we overlaying like what are we pulling out so that it stands out what are you know um and yeah that's exactly everybody gets to be on the board yeah, um, it's just what we're going to focus on or who we're going to amplify mm -hmm. uh, is going to change depending on the yeah, moment and absolutely. season in our own lives and who's most at risk whatever but yeah um, and how do we collectively build that muscle that language that vocabulary that says everybody deserves life worth dignity safety 
like access to basic re every single person. Right. Without being accused of being like, are you saying all lives matter? Right. It's like, right. Yeah. It's, it's the, that's what I love so much about our conversations. It's, it's nuance in a world uh, or at least in the season of the world where no, nobody does nuance anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the invitation to be curious, right? If, yes. if like, if I say whatever, like, you know, I'm focusing on black liberation this year, right? Like, what is it, what's in your conditioning that makes you think that, that in some ways I'm not rooting for you. Right. Right. Like what's in your conditioning. Right. Cause that's not, it's not, it's not for me to police, be policed to like change my vocabulary so that you don't feel slighted. It's like, what's in your conditioning that makes you in some way think that that doesn't include you. Right. right? Like what are the systems of oppression that centered, let's say white lives, which clearly did not value black lives. Like right. that's not liberation. That's oppression. That's domination. That's colonization that's something different and so like how do we begin to like really unpack of like the bigger systems that we've all been indoctrinated into that we need to break up with that we need to break up with and when we focus on systems it means we're uniting against a common enemy as opposed yes. to arguing with one another right um, yeah. yeah so it's like let's let's stay clear about you know did you ever I think it's a thing on social media I've seen where um, about ants, they put these two different types of ants in a jar um, and they live, everybody lives peacefully. All the ants live peacefully among one another until someone shakes the jar. Oh. And the minute somebody shakes the jar, now they think that they're at war and they start attacking each other oh, until wow. everybody's dead. Jeez. Right? Yeah. And I think about that all the time that it's so easy to become an ant who feels like we're under siege and can, but it's, and and perhaps we are being attacked by another ant um, and, and we have a right to feel about that. And we gotta keep going more meta or deeper or whatever to, to understand the bigger picture of it all, that there's there's always, some system behind it, um, always. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's helpful to think of like contraction versus expansion and like how, whenever I want to constrict to be, to like be curious about that, like to stay with it, like not to force myself to open up if I'm not ready, but like to think about what is the fear? What's the shame? What's the, what's the thing? And like, because I want to, I want to show up fully for this life for however long I'm here. I want to try to show up fully. 100%, right. And feel all the things and, and not yeah. guard. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But to feel all of it is to be alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Feel the fear, do it anyway. And that takes practice, right? Because that doesn't, that's fucking hard to feel. Yeah all of it yeah absolutely your heart and to not retreat into absolutely. a stress or a trauma response like that yeah, absolutely yeah so when I told my kiddo my 16 year old like to go to school the next day 
It was like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like be with your community, be with your people, mm-hmm. other people who went through the experience and are struggling and like show up for each other. Yeah. No shame if people needed to take the day off. And like when harm happens to communities, how do we keep showing up for yeah. each other? Right, right. Oh my God, I love that. I love that reframe and that's the nuance, right? It wasn't like a pull yourself up. Yeah, it wasn't a suck it up. No, no. Um, but that that middle option of of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we continue to show up for each other? Um, yeah, and don't let this place get hijacked by all this other stuff. Um, right, right. And like we build it up in our imagination, like all of these enemies, which I'm sure there are some enemies, but like for the most part, people are good trying to do their best and yeah we fall short some days certainly right hmm I love I love that because and I feel like we're always back to like love and curiosity right um yeah yeah. simple and yet hard yeah right the execution is a difference yes 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 uh well Mm -hmm. keep chatting yeah that's right keep trying to awaken and rest just yep. as much as we uh, resist. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is the foundation for resistance, right? Yeah. That feels like a good place to end. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So keep subscribing, keep listening. Um, feel free to be in touch as you digest and metabolize. And hopefully you'll tune in for another episode of Rest and Awaken. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, like, share all the things, whatever else people do. (laughs) We appreciate it. Take care. Good talking to you. Same. Bye.